Thank you for listening to a Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at praisechapelkingman.com. Well, it is my uh, pleasure uh, and privilege this morning to introduce our guest speaker. We have uh, asked uh, this gentleman to come in. He is a friend of Praise Chapel, been a friend of ours for a very long time. He's been a missionary in Kenya, uh, built a church in Kenya to over 2,000 people, a great thriving ministry. He's here today. Let's give Philemon Wachera a big hand as he comes. Amen. I would tell you a story. Philemon and I were in Kenya together in Nairobi, and we went to the Nairobi Game Park, which is basically just saying that you're going out into the wilderness, and all of a sudden, there was these two lions. I'm, am I joking? There were two, two lions, and they came right out of the bush, and, and, and we're in a van that has got the top cut off. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited. My heart's pounding. Alex is sitting in the back of the van whistling at the lions. He's, he's going, yeah, I can't even whistle right now. I'm so scared. He's, he's whistling at the lions. And I'm looking at Philemon. Philemon's looking at me and goes, what are you going to do? I says, I'm going to go dig a hole and bury myself, man. And we, we have laughed. I don't, that was like back in 1999. We have, every time we get together, we talk about the moment we were going to dig a hole. And then we did something really crazy. We went out into the, we, we got out of the van to go walk like, like a quarter mile to a hippo pool in the tall grass where the lions hide out and we had just seen them. Well, I'm not sure what we were thinking, Philemon. But Philemon is a powerful man of God. So when you're with him, you're protected. Amen. And actually... What I, did, what I actually told Philemon is all I got to do is run faster than Alex. <laughs> and I was going to trip Alex. I didn't think, see, you can't outrun a Kenyan. I'm just, you just can't. But I could probably outrun Alex if I trip him. If I don't trip him, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm food. But I was going to trip Alex really good. But you know what? Welcome, Philemon. We love you. God bless you. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. <laughs> you know, I have an anointing, but it's an anointing to run. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, man. It is such a wonderful, wonderful joy uh, to be here. And uh, thank you so much for uh, that wonderful introduction. It's always a blessing being at Praise, Praise Chapel. Uh, here in Kingman. And I want to tell you guys something before, uh, before I share God's word. This is, I believe, one of the best churches uh, that we have in America. And I'm not just saying that. I'm not just saying that. The, you know, I, I might be a little bit biased, but, but because I know the leaders, you know, John and Kathy and Alex and Cindy and, and Harry Hills and the pastors and the staff that works here, and, and I know their hearts. And to my family, they've always been a shelter. You know, Praise Chapel here in Kingman has always stood with us. That work that we've raised in the 37 other churches, you guys have a hand in it. And that couldn't happen if the leaders did not believe in Jen and I and in what we're doing out there. 
And so I want to thank Pastor John and Kathy. I want to thank Alex and Cindy and Harry Hills and all of you guys for the work you have done and you continue to do. Thank you for being a blessing, not only in this community, but to the nations of the world. Amen. Amen. You, you, are, you are not a selfish church. You are a church that loves Jesus, and you are a church that gives. And I want to say that again, that when the pastors stand up here and they talk to you about giving and touching the world, here, here's the way I've got to put it, and this is really blunt. You were too blessed to not be a blessing. You are too blessed to complain about giving. And I know you're a giving church, but it is just the way it is where God has blessed you, placed you in, in, in the world as a country. Even when you think you don't have enough, you have too much. What you have is enough for you to, to just get up in the morning and say, hallelujah, you know. Anyway, you know. Amen. So anyway, but I just really want to thank you for being a blessing to us. And, and, and that word came to me today, that Praise Chapel is a shelter. A shelter. Thank you for being a blessing. My family, part of my family is with me today. Uh, they're seated somewhere out there, Jane. Uh, uh, and, and Julie, my oldest, and my son, Philemon Jr. And when you're talking about food, fun, and fellowship, you know. You know, it's just uh, such a blessing to have them. Um, you know, and two of our daughters are not here. One uh, had to work. The other one is in Colorado. You know, the kids grow up and suddenly, they, you know, they go their own ways. But uh, I'm still grateful for those that are able to be with us. They are such a blessing. And please be praying for our family. Amen. I want to get into the Word of God. But before, I just want to begin with something uh, fun. Uh, just a story that I heard. And I think it, it really, you know... Uh, uh, you know, speak sometimes to, you know, just life. Uh, so, you know, a Jewish man moved into a Catholic, you know, neighborhood. And every Friday, the Catholics went crazy, you know, because while they were unhappily eating fish, the Jewish man was outside barbecuing steaks. Uh, and so Catholics went to work to convert him. And finally, by threats and pleading, the Catholics succeeded. Ooh, man. You know, so... You know, they uh, took him to a Catholic priest and uh, who sprink sprinkled holy water on him and intoned, uh, born a Jew, raised a Jew, and now a Catholic. You know, needless to say, the Catholics were ecstatic about this. And, you know, no more delicious, maddening smells every evening, and they, or so they thought. You know, but the next Friday evening, the scent of barbecue wafted through the neighborhood once again. And, and the Catholics all rushed over there to the new convert's house to remind him of his new diet restrictions about fish. And, and, and they saw him standing over the grilled stick, you know, uh, sprinkling it with water as a dedicated Catholic. And he was saying, born a cow, raised a cow, now a fish. Boy, that's life. That's how it goes sometimes, you know. But this morning, I want to speak to you about this thing that God has laid on my heart about renew. Really allowing ourselves to be new wineskins for God's new wine. Somebody say amen. I just have a sense that God is doing something new in this place. 
And God cannot continue to do the new thing until we allow him to do the new work in our hearts. It is, it is rather easy to be so jaded by experiences and set in our old ways, system and methods that we don't see when God does a new thing. That is so easy. We will get upset as, at the pastor. We'll get upset at the youth leaders. We'll get upset at people when they say God's doing a new thing because a lot of times we like it just the way it is. We, we like our spots. We like our chairs. You know, come to church but don't sit in my seat, brother. You know, just we, we like things the way, the, don't, don't move that, don't, don't touch that, you know. So we like our ways, drive a certain road, go down a certain path, do things, you know, change it. In, why did you do two songs instead of four songs like you? I mean, people get upset because we are set in our ways. But if we know God, God is not stuck in ways. God is always doing something new. He's always bringing new wine, pouring it out into our lives so that he can continue the freshness. Come on, somebody say amen. Boy, we better say today, God, keep me fresh. That ought to be our prayer. God, stretch me. Keep me new. Keep me receptive. Keep me renewed so that I cannot and will not be a hindrance to your work, but a way that you can go through to do your work that you have called me for. Somebody say amen. Then this is going wrong. I'm already preaching. I haven't even read my scripture yet. Whew. But it's all right. For God to accomplish his plan in your life and here at Praise Chapel, it will take a renewed mind and a radical shift in our hearts to perceive what God is doing in this time and in this season. Let's open up our hearts for that. Because I can sense it. I can sense it through worship. I can sense it coming in and talking to people. And it doesn't matter how old you've been in this building. Open up your hearts and allow God to renew you. Because he's establishing some new pillars. He's bringing some new principles. He's moving Pastor John in a new direction in the way that he has ordained. Allow God to do that so he can pour freshness in here. Freshness in here. Come on. Freshness in here. Freshness in here. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you will take this word and use it for your glory. I pray that you will challenge our hearts, God, that you will move. And God, that you will renew, renew our wineskins, oh God, that we may receive that fresh wine for your glory. In Jesus' name. In Mark chapter 2, verse 18... And Mark is the writer of the gospel that's in a hurry. I said that when you read Mark, the, the words immediately are all over the place. And he left. Immediately he left. Immediately he came in. Immediately he took a shower. Immediately. I mean, I mean the, the immediately is all over the place because to Mark, the issue was he is the Messiah and I want you to know it. Can you see the miracles that he is doing? 
How can the Messiah be here and you not realize that he is the Messiah? He was just like, open up your heart, open up your eyes and see. Immediately he's here. We can't waste time. And I want to add that to my message and that's a bonus. Don't waste time by hindering God. Let's immediately jump in and move with him. Come on, somebody. Let's immediately jump in and move with him. But if you read chapter 2 from, from verse 18, the disciples of John in Mark chapter 2 verse 18, if you are there, say amen. So Mark chapter 2 verse 18, the disciples of John and of the Pharisees were fasting. They came and said to him, why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. No no one sews up a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment or else the new piece pulls away from the old and the tear is made worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine bursts like, uh, bursts the wineskins. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. William James said that religion can exist in our lives either as a dull habit or as an acute fever. Now the way I explain it is like for those that have ever been exposed to a disease called malaria, there may be others similar to that, but in Africa we are familiar with malaria. You may read about it or know about it, but it is such a virus that when it gets into your system, you cannot guess you have it. You will know you have it. Because when it gets in, you will begin to feel cold or hot. You will have shivers. You'll have splitting headache. I mean, it just takes over and you lose appetite, you can eat, sometimes you throw up, all kinds of things happen. It is just a virus that is like that. And that's on the negative sense, but boy, I believe that the work of the Lord should not exist as a religion, but spiritually as a fever. The Word of God must be so infectious. Come on, somebody. We've been so stuck, we've been so drugged, we've been so used to routines that we don't want to be refreshed. We want to be stuck in our old ways. But I believe God is doing something in Praise Chapel. Let that fever, that heavenly virus, let it get a hold of you from the inside so you can begin to move and shake with it. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Age is not an issue when you let the renewal power of God hit you every day. That you can stay fresh and say, God, take this old wine skin and pour in your new wine in my life. That is what God is doing here. George MacDonald said that we die daily, but happy are those who daily 
come to life as well. Church, listen to me. There is things that are already killing people. I mean, people here this morning in the pews, people that are dealing with divorce, people that are dealing with loss of, of your jobs and families that, that disintegrate and, and different things that are going on, trials with the young people. There's things that strive to kill you every day. It is a wonderful thing to walk into the house of the Lord and come alive. It is wonderful to walk in here and gain the life of God in your life. This is a place of life, not a place of death. You know, it is lovely to walk in here and, and, and see people not waiting for the altar call, but be the altar call. That when God is moving, I'm not going to wait. I can go before the Lord and kneel and just worship the Lord. It, it, you, know, you know, it's wonderful to be dignified, but in the presence of the Lord, put away your dignity and just humble yourself before the Lord and worship Him. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I, I really believe dignity is killing the church in America. I don't know what you're going to do after I'm done, but... <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, I, I'm telling you, I do not understand why Americans are fun-loving people. You, isn't that the truth? I mean, have you ever seen the church saints at a football game? Yeah! I mean, shots aside, all kind of color. Yeah, yeah, Cardinal, yeah, yeah. And then we get into the house of God. Why wouldn't we walk into the church of God alive the same way we go to excited at all these other things? It just comes to, yeah, I'm in the presence of the Lord. Come on. Yeah, thank Jesus. You know, come on. Yeah. Well, why, why, why can't we? Why can't we say, go, Jesus, go, go, you know? It's like we get into the house of the Lord, all the joy is gone. Our spiritual sight must be renewed this morning. Webster says to renew means to make like new, to restore to freshness, the vigor, vitality, to bring, to regenerate spiritually or to revive. Listen, revival does not happen unless I'm willing for that revival to take place, unless I'm willing to come alive. Paul told Ephesians in chapter 1 verse 18, and this is the Amplified, so it really puts it plain that, and I pray that the eyes of your heart, that the very center and core of your being may be enlightened, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit, so that you will know, somebody say no, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious and inheritance in the saints. Boy, those words are so sweet and so powerful that you may know that you may be enlightened so that you're excited and renewed and fresh in the gospel. Man, I like this service. Come on, somebody say, hey, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give him some praise in here. Let's give him some good praise up in here. 
See, one of the problems that Jesus had, and that's what Mark is trying to portray, is the thinking process of the people. Because you have the Pharisees, you have the scribes, and then you have John's disciple. You know, well-meaning people. Some of them are not, but some of them are. But yet they don't understand what God is doing. And all of us can be so stuck in the rut that whatever God is doing, we miss because we are honed in on our routine. This is the only way that, that it usually happens. If it doesn't happen that way, that's probably not revival. Hey, open the way and open the gates and let the Lord do his work. And so if you read chapter 2, you know, so you have the people, the Pharisees were not really that bad because really there was a way in which they were on Jesus' side. They believed in the resurrection. They believed in angels. So they were not like the scribes. The scribes were a little bit way out there. But the Pharisees believed, and yet when Jesus healed the paralytic, they got upset. Now, you would think that whether you are a sinner or whatever, or an atheist, if your brother got healed, you would say, oh yeah, oh man, that's good. Even if you didn't say praise God, you would say, man, that's a good thing. But here they are, Jesus has done a good thing, and they go, well, that's not the way they should be healed. That's, you can't forgive people's sin like that. That's not the way. You must sprinkle water on them. Then you do this. Then you do that. Then you. So they are stuck in this system where God cannot do anything other than the way they want it done. Why? We must allow God to do his work. You know, I was saying when I got saved, I was in this denomination where there was a formula to get saved. I mean, there were good people, don't get me wrong. Prayerful, powerful, holy. But boy, to get saved was set in a way that you had to, you had to actually get on your knees. You had to raise your hands. You had to call the name Jesus three times. The fourth time, that he wasn't going to listen to that. One time, no. Three times. So you had to call three times. Then Jesus would respond with power. He would knock you. You would fall on the ground, roll under a few seats. Then you really got the power and changed. It was hard to get saved. I mean, you paid a price for it. <laughs> you came out with a few bumps on your head. <laughs> That's your price to pay for all the sins you've done. I think we need to bump it up a notch higher in this church. It's getting too easy, people getting saved, you know. <laughs> but no kidding. You know, it was so hard. But so, you know, so you have this situation where people get stuck. And later on to come find out that, boy, what it says is if you believe in your heart and confess that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Oh, boy, hallelujah. You shall be we, we make it complicated because of our routine. God says, simplify. Make it easy. Let God's people enjoy his presence. Remove their tra good traditions to hold. Prayer, loving the Lord, walking holy. But listen, allow God to move and, and bring the new wine in, in the fall. Let him continue to do the new work. And it means I constantly have to check myself. Am I stuck in my ways? I tell you what, one of the best thermometers to check yourself is when the pastor talks about a new thing the Lord is doing, does that offend you? Does that make you mad? Does that do something? Or do you feel a joy coming off your heart? Can you say with, can you say with him that, whoo, thank the Lord finally. I've been waiting for this a long time for God to move us in a new direction. 
You know I'm thinking, right? <laughs> Let me tell you. So the Pharisees are mad. The scribes are mad. And then Jesus sits with the sinners. And they are upset. Well, how can you call the tax collector? What's, what's the problem? I mean, if you're the Messiah, you're holy. You're calling this guy? You're calling this guy that works with the IRS? Do you know what they have done to us? I do not like them. That's why I keep guns. Why do you want them? He can't be saved. But who are you to determine who can be saved? And not only did, did, did Jesus call him and walk with him, Jesus goes down and sits with him. Boy, there are people that are offended just because of who you know. And Pastor John or Alex or called them and sat with them. Oh, no, if they were holy, they would know who that sister is. <laughs> they would not. Well, listen. This is a redemption work. This is a redemption place. Allow God to do his work. And that's why Jesus told them, hey, I did not come for those that are well. I came for those that are sick because it's the sick that are looking for a doctor. <laughs> Hallelujah. I am doing a new thing. I'm doing a new work. Allow me to move. And then John's disciples were really on Jesus' side. So you get a whole spectrum because you have people that they are on the other side. You have people that are close to Jesus. But you have people that are in the in crowd that they just differ in some things. So John's disciples were looking for the Messiah. They were actually working in the same camp. But all they were bummed about is, well, you know, this thing about fasting. Because we, we fast. It just looks like we fast better. We are better fasters, you know. And this Messiah, he comes and the people are supposed to be fasting this week. But here they are gorging themselves, eating hamburgers and, 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 and you know, and, 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 and whatever, bologna, you know, that's just, you know. How, how could they be doing this, you know? And, and yet we suffer hot dogs, they're grilling and everything. And, and here we are suffering for the Lord. But they don't realize the Lord is right in their midst. So they are not doing the wrong thing. They just have a wrong perspective and wrong timing. So they say, how, how can you? And so Jesus turns around and says, listen, the bridegroom is here. The fasting and the laws and everything were focused on the bridegroom. I am right here. It's like talking about somebody and they're right there. It's like they're not there. Hey, do you know Andy? And he's standing right beside you. Hey, do you know Bronson? And he's right there. No, don't. I'm right here. I am the Messiah. Everything points to me. They cannot weep. They cannot fast. I am here. It it is time to celebrate. It is time to celebrate. It is time to celebrate. He says, don't fast when I'm here. And I'm not saying don't. fasting is a good thing. I encourage you to do it. But God is just saying there is different times of doing different things. Right now is a time to celebrate, not a time to fast because the bridegroom is here. Boy, did he educate the people. That the kingdom of God is not just about sadness. The kingdom of God is about joy and celebration too. Come on, somebody say amen. The kingdom of God is about joy and celebration. We've got to understand. We've got to know the times that we are living in. And what the Messiah was doing was exposing their mindset 
to show them how they did not understand what he was trying to do. Professor J. Phillips uh, uh, said one time that our Bible is not an amulet, it's not a magical charm, but a book to be read, marked inwardly, digested, and translated into life. God has always preferred his people over religious traditions. God cares about you. The church building is wonderful, but he cares about you. Systems are wonderful, but he cares about you. Methods are great, but he cares about you. It does not matter. He died for you. He died for you. Our prayer today ought to be God expand me. God stretch me. God keep me new. Keep me fresh. God let my perspective be renewed every day. Don't let me get stuck. God renew this flesh. Renew this mind. Renew this heart so that I don't stay away what you are trying to do. Christianity was never meant to be a religion of prohibitions, but a relationship of joy and celebration. God's word is not a monument to celebrate the past, but life-giving breath from, for our daily living. That's God's word. That's why in Hebrews 4.12, the Bible says, For the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing, effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and the spirit, the completeness of the person and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God is a life. Let it change your perspective. The wineskin must go through transformation. Part of our biggest challenge is accepting renewal in the flesh. Our nature of sin and love of what is familiar hinders us from God working in our lives. At the core of our human nature resides the dislike for change. We are by nature creatures of habit. We like the old wineskin. We like it to stay the way it is because if change is going to come, it'll make me uncomfortable. Suddenly these young people are coming into the church and they're just worshiping all over the place. You know, and we begin to go, why isn't there order in this house, you know? people you know somebody sits beside you they lift their voice to wash and walk why can't they go control of their mouths why hey listen to me listen to me I am not encouraging disorder I am encouraging life I'm encouraging life come on somebody say amen I'm encouraging life. You know, the church and Chuck Swindle said that. He said the church ought to be contagious that when people come into it, they catch the disease and they take it back where they came from. And I tell you what, people relate more to life than to death. The church must be alive. New wine. Let, let the Lord pour it in you today. There is going to be transformation. There's going to be change. That's why Paul says that in Romans 12 too, that do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be trans, be trans, transformed. Be transformed. Be changed. There is a morphosis. There is a transformation that is taking place by the renewing of your mind. 
then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. We cannot be renewed into wineskins, into new wineskins if we don't accept change. We must allow the Holy Spirit to transform us. No wonder David prayed in, in Psalms 51.10 said, create in me a clean heart. Do you understand that? Create means begin afresh, begin anew. He said, create in me because I realize I'm lost without you. Create in me because I know I can't create that. You create a new spirit within me. And I want to tell you guys, there's people here this morning that you've been coming to church warming the seats, but you know you need to be created anew. You know that in the inside you are dry, you are not praying like you should. You are saying, create in me. There are those of you that are here this morning and you know you really need a touch from heaven. You would say that prayer with me and with David, create in me, create in me, Lord. Create a new spirit in me. Create in me a new heart, oh God. Fresh, 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 fresh spirit. Oh, I feel him here this morning. I feel the Lord in this place. Create in me, create in me. God is creating right now. Some of you have been praying a long time. God is creating right now. Some of you have been weeping a long time. God is creating right now. Listen to me. He said, he said, how can you even desire the new, the new cloth that I have to be put on the old thinking? How can you even desire that? I stand here, I give the new, and you're going to ask for the old? How bold is that? What audacity? I am the child. I am the son of God. I've got what you need, and you're going to ask me to patch up your system? That ain't working. How, how can you even ask that? He said, not only you are asking for the old and I can give you the whole new thing. How can you ask me to patch what I can supply new? Like Pastor John said, he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond what you can even ask, think or even imagine. Don't ask for your old to be patched. Ask for the new garments. Tell him, clothe me afresh. Tell him, give me new clothes. Clothe me afresh. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Somebody say hallelujah. Nothing in the past can, can hold you back when you open your life for Christ, transforming power. Nothing can hold you back. Then he tells them, listen, you must, you cannot pour the new wine into the old, into the old wine skin. He's, listen, the, the word of God does not stop working. When God sets it into your heart, it keeps working just like the wine would keep fermenting. And I said this morning that when I was in Bible school, a professor once told us, he would always tell us that when he would come to teach us, Dr. Brown would say, now student, listen to me. The word of God is not powerful because you preach it. Students, it's not powerful because you read it. The word of God is powerful because it's the word of God. Come on, somebody. Come on, let's give him praise in this place. Let's give him praise in this place. 
Let's give him praise in this place. Let's give him glory in this place. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Let the new wine come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come and raise your hands to the Lord. Come and lift your voice and begin to worship him. God, we thank you now. Don't be afraid of lifting your voice and worshiping the Lord. Come and just lift your voice and begin to worship him. If I can have just a little music going, thank you. Come and just lift your hands before him. God, we thank you. We praise you for your anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, let's rise up on our feet just for a moment here. Let's raise our hands to the Lord. I feel his anointing. Let's get up on our feet and just raise our hands. Come on, somebody. Would you worship him with me? Would you open up your mouth? Would you open up your lips and, and just begin to tell him, God, renew me. Tell him, God, refresh me. Tell him, God, stretch me. Tell him, God, open up my eyes that I may see. Open up my heart that I may see. Oh, God, we thank you. Come on, just worship him right now. Hallelujah. Come on, just raise your hands right now. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice. Come and raise your hands. To worship you, oh my soul, rejoice, take joy, and in what you hear, let it be a sweet, sweet Come on, let's sing that one more time. I love you. And I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King. Father, I want to thank you now for your presence in this house. Thank you for your anointing that is moving here. How I ask that you would renew. That you would renew, that you would expand, that you would stretch, that you would keep fresh the hearts of those that came to worship you. Father, that they would not be stuck in their ways. Touch marriages, touch relationships, touch hearts, God. Minister in a new way. May we go out fresh. Say, God, do a fresh work in my heart. Fresh work in my heart. New wine in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give him praise in the house today. Let's give him praise in the house today. 
Let's give him praise in the house today. Glory, 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 glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Boy, his presence is in this place. I want to tell you something. Go praying that prayer. Renew me. Keep me fresh. Cover me with a new, new garment. Pour fresh wine in me. Let it continue to move and work. God's doing a new work. I'm not just, I feel, I sense there is a turn, there is a shift. There's a move of God in this place. Let's immediately jump on it. Let's get on it immediately. Let's jump on it immediately. Listen, if, if you need prayer, there will be people praying with you afterwards. Don't go just because we are done. If you need prayer, make sure that you come afterwards. And then we have a prayer team that will pray together with you that love the Lord, that are dedicated to this. So don't go without getting your prayer. But don't go back and get back into your heart. Say, God, renew me. Renew me. Refresh in me. Let's have a lot of prayer. God, we, we thank you now. Praise you for who you are. I pray that your heart will be our hearts. Your spirit will flow through us. And you will do the new work that you want to do for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Come on down if you want to pray. Thank you for having me. If you want prayer, come on down. Thank you for listening to the Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.